All right, so travelers, we are here with my loving auntie, and she's gonna talk to us more about her life around parenthood. And I, I really hope that this one resonates with you. First, just to kind of start it all off, auntie, let's talk about just kind of like what parenthood looked like to you when you were growing up. And then does parenthood still look like that? There's so many things that we look at our parents and we're like, ooh, would I have done that? But does parenthood still look like what you remember growing up? I had an amazing childhood, like just awesome. My my family, my mom, my dad, my siblings, it was all pretty much picture perfect. I mean, we were the you know, sit at the dinner table at night and eat as a family, you know, that, that picture, that's what we were. Um, you know, every day, like clockwork, you know, what time the door was going to turn of dad coming in from work that never changed. Um, mom, you know, cooking every night. So, um, even disciplining, I never got spanked as a child. It's very interesting when I tell people oh, that. Oh yeah. That, yeah. You're a lucky one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I never made it out. <laughs> um, moving into teenage years, our parents, you know, we put all, all three of us, like we were, we, they gave us a, a good amount of rope where we hung out, we partied and, and it, it's, it's very interesting how we all turned out. We didn't, we didn't turn out like three, you know, party animals, but they gave us, <laughs> they gave us enough rope to kind of feel our way through through those years. Yeah, and your, friends, your friends were looking like, there are the no spanking kids over there acting right. up. <laughs> I didn't get spanked. I don't know about my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it doesn't look like that now. It does, yes and no. Um, yes, in that, you know, we still have a very stable uh a stable environment, meaning things kind of are like clockwork and structured, but there is a lot more, uh, I guess I want to, I, I want the thing that will be different is I just want to give them a little bit more of a comfort zone as far as speaking to us about things that, you know, you may not normally speak to your parents about. So I want to give my kids that comfort zone where I want them to know they can come to us first and foremost before anyone else. Let's go into that, Auntie, because I think that's every parent's fear. I think that's every parent's fear that there are going to be things that their kids will not feel comfortable coming and talking to them about. And let's talk about that. So how how do you how do you face that? What what are you what goes through your mind about those things? I know your kids are still pretty young, but how do you face that fear? They're still pretty young, but I how how I plan to how, how I plan to navigate through that is to first just to, just the language. Like if we're talking about sex, like my my five year olds, they they already understand the language. Excuse me, but they know penis and vagina. That yeah. five, they don't know they don't know to call it any other thing but that. So those things where you may not normally feel comfortable to have those conversations, my children already come to us and it's just. It's no different than them saying my arm, my eye, my foot, my vagina, or my penis. Because I, <laughs> you're laughing. I, 
I know we should. I know we shouldn't laugh. It just it, it sounds really funny, but that's like that's how it's supposed to be. It should be supernatural, super normal to have those conversations. Yeah. So now you want to laugh? Like imagine your two year old coming to you and saying this. So <laughs> when they come in and say it, me and my husband we do look at each other and we laugh when they leave the room because it's hilarious. <laughs> but. I I didn't want them to teach them all these silly words or to make them embarrassed or shy. I need them to feel completely comfortable with not only themselves and their body parts, but also completely comfortable having those conversations with us. Um, so that's, you know, those things. And as they get older, there's nothing I, I won't, you know, talk to or introduce them to age appropriate that they'll know. They'll know... Um, you know, anything. There's nothing really that I, I feel like I have to keep from them. Even at five and two, they are adopted. They know that they were not in my in my in my stomach. I've already introduced the concept to them. They know that the, I didn't carry them in my belly. So they'll come to me and they say if they have any questions, they'll say, and we weren't in your belly, right? And I'm like, No, you wasn't. And then they'll say to my youngest son, and he wasn't in your belly, right? And I'm like, No, he wasn't. So at five and two, they already have the language to understand. There's nothing that we can't speak about or that is awkward or obsolete. And so even in that, and I'm glad we're I'm glad we're kind of uh, pivoting as well, because there's going to be a lot of our listeners who are considering adoption. Either they already have kids and they still want to adopt, or maybe they don't have any kids and they want to adopt. Um, I know the adoption process is like, that is the journey right there. That is the, that's the thousand miles right there. (laughs) So can you kind of talk a little bit more about like, um, kind of your experiences with the adoption process and then the advice you would give to anybody who wants to go through that? I'm going to need another hour (laughs) (laughs) to to explain that process. Um, we've been extremely blessed and that doesn't mean it was an easy road. It was a, it, it's, and we're still in, we're still on the road. That's the funny thing. Um, we still haven't completed the adoption for two of our children that we're in the midst of doing. Um, only one has been completely adopted. Um, it, it is a journey. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to say was because we're still in it. It's a journey. Um, it, it is a lot of listening to God. If you are whatever your belief is or whatever you your go to is is to believe in that and to listen. There were many times when I had to learn, um, no, not now, just wait and see what will happen. You wanna make a thousand phone calls and it's like, no, not now, just pull back. So there were times when I had to just kind of quiet myself down because I want what I want. And it's like, just slow down, it's not the time. So here we are, you know, five years later and we are still doing these steps to get to get the, you know, the to the final step of what we need to do. But patience and love and loving your child no matter with no matter no matter what they come with. Like when you make that decision to parent, you love your child no matter what. And there are some some mountains to climb. The adoption process is not easy. Uh, we actually went through uh, through the city because they were forced to at first and so it transitioned into adoption. So that was a little easier and less costly than just a private adoption. Um, but it, it it was a lot of back and forth. It was it was not easy. The, eight, the state agencies are not easy to deal with because I will say this, a lot of the state agencies see numbers. We see humans. 
we see children, we see people, the agency sees numbers and statistics. So it's very, it's very hard when you're speaking two different languages. Yeah. So I would. And, mm-hmm. and even dealing and even dealing with the 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 parents for some of the kids that can be a whole that can be a whole journey. Not necessarily speaking towards the parents that you interacted with, but just parents in general. That can always be a whole thing in, on its own as well. Yes, we, it was a lot of back and forth with the birth parents uh, from when they were very small. A lot of back and forth. It is learning how to love them. It is acknowledging that they delivered this child to you. And without you, there was times I told the birth mother, I thank you through all her foolishness and through all her open ACS cases, and I'm not saying one case, cases, that I still had to find a place in my heart to tell her I love her. Because without her, you know, she was the vessel for me to have my kids. So I have to respect her and I had to respect the father, even when times... somebody, someone else was calling me crazy. And I knew people were calling me crazy uh, of how I handled it. But everything is possible in love. When you're doing it through love and with love, it it is not to sound cliche, but any and everything is possible. When they go low, we go high. That yeah yeah let's t- let's let's go <laughs> not always not always sometimes we go low too. <laughs> there were many Jawari. There were many times when I did not want to go high. So again, a lot of it is a reflection on yourself and who you are. But I will tell anyone who is having trouble in who's having trouble conceiving or you know carrying, don't give up. Do not give mm. up. Just don't give up. Don't give up. It may it your baby may come to you in the form that you've never thought about or you never even you never envisioned having your child this way. Don't give up. You know, I went through a lot of steps and I just kept on going and here I am. And there are times when I'm like, I I look at my kids and I'm like, I still don't believe you guys are here. Like you guys are <laughs> me, I'm a mom. Like that's that's my ongoing joke. Like when people say happy Mother's Day, I'm like, You talking to me? I'm a mom? Like, because do you do you feel do you still feel like that when the whole house is a mess and you see them covered in spaghetti sauce <laughs> and you're like, I, I'm so happy that y'all are here. Yeah, yeah, it's not that sweet at that point, but <laughs> but I will tell um couples, moms, dads, what just don't give up on it. Uh having children it's the most phenomenal thing I really believe that you can do in your life. So don't give up. Sometimes and there's bumps and there's bumps, there's roadblocks, and we hit we hit quite a few roadblocks. Um, there were there were many months of me just crying through it because I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And there were times I'm I can't even ex- explain the signs that I got saying just hold on. Just hold on. Um, I'll give for instance, there was one 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 of the many nights of me crying through the night because my kids weren't with me at this moment. I received a phone call. Well, first let me give props to Anthony. He that's my husband. He just every time I would turn him, I said, Do you think they're gonna be with us? He would say, No doubt. Of course they're gonna be with us. So now that they're here, I turn to him and I say, Um, so did you really believe? He's like, No, I didn't know for sure, but I had to say <laughs> I had to say something. <laughs> I, don't know. I didn't know. 
So, <laughs> but those words at the time, it just allowed me to hold on when I couldn't find that strength within myself or to pull from God to just, you know, listen to God when he's saying, just calm down. It's going to be all right. But this particular night, I just, I cried. I was crying. I was crying. And where the children were at this time, there was an, a different individual living in the house because there was a lot of people living in the house. But this one gentleman will always say, I believe those kids are going to be with you. So I'm saying, yeah. And he, he was friends of the birth parents, but he just felt those kids should be with me. So this one particular night, I'm crying, crying, crying. And the text came in from him and it just said, calm down, they're coming. And it was just like, what? Like I, I didn't hear from him or the kids in a long time. And that text came through that night. And there were just so many moments of that along the journey of I couldn't have I, I couldn't have done it without my parents. Let me shout out my parents of saying, Makeda, just take it easy. They're coming. They're coming. Just be easy. And here we are. What's been your proudest moment as a parent? Um, my proudest moment as a parent, I don't have one. I don't have one because every day is a moment of you know, it's, it's, it's almost comical to watch, say, like a, a funny movie and the parents are like, oh, my God, look, he used the bathroom. He doodled. And, and they're just like, yay. And yeah, you're celebrating the poop. Celebrating the poop. And honestly, that's really that is really how you feel. You, I mean, anything they do. I mean, I have pictures of the first day they brush their teeth. I mean, by themselves. So it's it sounds crazy. But every moment, every milestone is like you want to share with the world that this kid ate the cereal with a spoon today. So I do not have just one moment. Every moment I am just, and it's not to say every moment of parenting is blissful. We all know that, that there are times when I literally go in my basement, I close the door and I just hide. <laughs> you start punching the air. <laughs> right, right. I have, I have those moments of like, I just want to get under the cover and cry. So every, every, believe me, every day is not blissful at all. But um, I can't say I have one particular moment. They know how to ride their two wheel bikes now. And it's just like amazing to us. So, yeah. I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit um, and and answer probably some of the questions for some of our male listeners, some of the travelers that we have that are men, uh, because you are raising two sons, but you're also raising your daughter. And there's always this stigma, especially I think men feel it the most, of raising a daughter. There's so much paranoia. You know, I, I feel like I'll always have to protect and, and now I got to go buy a gun and <laughs> all these different things like I how has raising a daughter been for you? And also as the daughter to my grandfather, your father, and having that healthy relationship with your father, what does it mean for that father and daughter relationship? Kind of like, what, what does that really mean? So two part question, how is raising a daughter for you? And then that father daughter relationship? Honestly, there's no difference, honestly, for me raising uh, my sons and my daughter. There honestly is no different difference. I find it's each personality that is different. Um, we're not overly, you know, masculine with the boys. We're not overly feminine with with my daughter. It's it's 
it's it's kind of we let them kind of you know kind of feel their way through it you know if we see my son playing with my little pony we don't go crazy and snatch the pony out of his hand we're not we we we're really my my husband is the same way he's not crazy about it it's just like okay you know he's just combing the pony's hair and and we move on we don't make a big thing out of anything uh, if my daughter wants to play with the truck she's playing with the truck it's cool um, I don't find it any different so far. So far, you know, they're still very small as far as, you know, daughter, boy and girl is personality. My daughter's the rambunctious one as well. She's the one that's going to do the backflip off the step, not my old son. She's the one that's going to, she's totally going to set the fire with the candle like that. So, uh, <laughs> but she's also very dainty and very girly, which I'm not. So it's it's interesting watching her ask me to put on her dresses in the house. Like she wants to wear dresses around the house and she wants to comb hair. And so I find and it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I got these chucks that she could wear. I got these Chuck Taylors in all black. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had a, I, had a little, I had a football jersey for her, which I thought was so cool <laughs> for her to wear with her Chuck Taylors in a mini skirt. And she tells me, <laughs> no, she says, no, that's a boy shirt. And I, I almost fainted because give me a new jersey and I'm, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, each child is different. Um, as far as my dad, the, the most, the most amazing father that anyone can ask for, you know, amazing. He was the dad that he, or he is the dad that, you know, he, you know, we, we had the lemonade stand in front of the house and he built the go-kart for all the kids in the neighborhood playing basketball in the park. Like that's, that was, that's the dad we grew up with. So even now when I talk, if I'm talking to my husband, I'll tell him like I had the best dad ever. Like he didn't yell and scream and he was just cool. He was cool. So um, it plays a part. I think both my mom and my dad play such a part in how we parent, how how all of us parent, like the the we weren't left. Like my 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 parents, I think we were only left with my grandmother, you know, and that was just on Sunday to go to church. And same thing. I have never left. I have left my kids only with my, with mom and dad, with, you know, my parents, that's it. And my husband's mom, no one else has ever kept our kids. <laughs> yeah. So Right. You're like, you're like, listen, your friends want to watch your kids. You're like, ah, sorry. I think that we're going to all be at the club that Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Can't party, then we can't party. <laughs> so, uh, I do. I do have a question for you, though. Um, sure. Speaking to um, your kids, and I think that I have a few questions that I wrote down. But speaking about like how you've kind of developed and and built the minds of your kids has been super cool. Um, I want you to tell the story about like what you do with the world map in your kids and how like trying to find new ways to keep them educated, to keep them experienced and exposed, how that's been for you. You're, you're really creative with that. I think you did the pinata with them not too long ago. So yeah, just giving them new experiences um, in education. Uh, yeah, just I'm I'm trying to expose them as much as I can, you know, also within <laughs> within reason of our finances. So a lot of it is at home. 
for things that I realize, like there's so much you can do with your children at home that doesn't need the outside world, especially during this time in our lives with COVID, you're being extra creative. But even pre-COVID, you know, we work out, we train our children. We work out once a week uh, where we're doing push-ups and sit-ups. My my two-year-old push-up game is insane. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) We're doing push-ups and sit-ups and they know how to, you know, um, we work on kicks and punches, a little bit of karate. And you'd be amazed how fast an hour goes, whereas we would be paying someone because we were looking for a karate class for them. And I sat in on a class and I said, wait a minute, I I do all this. Like, this is what I do at home for myself. So why am I looking to pay someone for what I can do and what I do already? So that's when I started training them. And so they train at home once a week. Um, Academically, they're amazing. Doesn't take much. We started studying the world map. My five-year-olds can identify over 25 countries on a map. Absolutely incredible. It blew my mind when we were at the dinner table and you were like, hey, tell them all the countries on the the globe. (laughs) And your kids start naming all the countries. And I I just, I was just, what? Which is what so awesome. Are these robots? <laughs> and it's funny because you learn as you teach them, which is pretty awesome. I didn't know where Borneo was on the map. So while I'm teaching them, little do they know. I don't know. You know, I didn't know a lot. While I'm teaching them, I'm like, no, no, that's not Borneo's over here. But I just learned it, you know, two seconds ago. <laughs> so, so um, you know, even this morning, they woke up. First thing they did was we got we pulled out our books at six o'clock. So I sent a text to one of my friends. I said, "Oh man, they my kids are probably like, my mom is insane." And it's like, why not? Because if you can if you can flip the TV on at six as soon as you wake up, then we can hit a book. It what's the difference? Like why, you know, why would it be insane for me to say get a book, but it would be okay for me to say turn the TV on? Like you got to analyze those things that where the world is telling you something different. You got to create the steps that you want for your kids and in your life and with what they eat and how they eat. You know, my daughter's watching, we was watching a tablet one day and a Fruit Loops commercial come on. Well, my kids don't know what that is. And it's, it's surprising me. It surprised me how much they don't know about those things. And my daughter says, oh, mom, look, they have rainbow Cheerios. And I was like, oh, snap. I laughed in my head because I said, wow, most five-year-olds can identify those are Fruit Loops. But my kids... <laughs> These are rainbow Cheerios. Rainbow Cheerios. She doesn't know. They don't know. Or when I I actually brought home a loaf of white bread probably two weeks ago because they didn't have the wheat bread we wanted. And I just wanted to make these sandwiches. Let me just grab this white bread. I pulled out the white bread and my son goes, mommy, is that cake? And I said, (laughs) oh my goodness. And I bursted out laughing. Wait, wait until they're uh, in school and a kid has a honey bun and they're like, uh, is that a sweet avocado? <laughs> is that a glazed avocado? They have glazed avocados now. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not so strict that they don't have cake and they have ice cream. They have those things. It's just not part of our regular routine. You know, that's just not what we do regularly. But they. You know, they'll I'll buy them a pack of candy every now and then. They they you know, they they know what it is. But it's just trying to instill those uh 
those habits and those those things that are going to last a lifetime. Even even knowing that when they get in school, they'll stray. Kids have candy. They're going to do what they do at a certain age. But I do find when you instill certain things in a child, they tend to go back to it as they get older. As they get after they go through those stages, they they tap back into their to their roots of what what was you know what their foundation is. Growing up in New York and even raising your kids in New York, do you feel like that city, raising them in New York, do you feel like that plays a role in how you're parenting? I, do you think that you're telling people like, hey, look, when, when we get on the subway, take, <laughs> have your left eye looking left and your right eye looking right? <laughs> it, it's very, that's an interesting question because I wonder how much of that is who we are as parents and would I, you know, would I, if we, if we lived outside of New York, would I parent differently? I don't know. Cause, because we are, we're like diehard New Yorkers. So even at five, and, at five and two, I'm like, yo, you know, go get in the car. Or so my brother, one time he was here, he's like, you're going to let them go out in the street by themselves? And I'm like, yeah, they got to get in the car. We got to go. So, so while I'm at the house, and I don't recommend, I don't necessarily recommend everything we do. You got you got your you got your three year old getting on the two dollar van going down to Jamaica right. Avenue and coming right. back, right? <laughs> because you know, even at this age, you know, we, it's a lot of be smart. I need you to be smart. I need you to think. So those are the things that we already say at an early age. I need you to think because you know, as they get older, and I build on that. Once you stop thinking for one second, your whole world can change. So I need you to always think. So I don't know how how much. How much of that is, you know, being the location or just who we are as parents? And thank God we're on the same page. So it's a lot of, is a lot of that the, the little edge, like a little, a bit of an edge. And, and our kids definitely have edge. I ask that because my dad, you know, my dad's from New York, and he, uh, I had told him because I was um, walking uh, through a parking lot on my college campus, I saw someone's trunk was open, so uh-huh. I closed the trunk because I was like, oh man, they probably left the trunk open. Uh-huh. And when I was talking to my dad and I told him I did that, he was like, yo, Wari, what's wrong with you? Now your fingerprints are on the on the trunk of the car. So you are prime witness in case. Of, and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And being down south, you're like, well, his trunk is open. Why wouldn't I just close yeah, it? Yeah, I was like, I just, I just closed his trunk. I, he probably left it open by mistake. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of it is... Uh, edge uh of new york and also i th- i think part of it is i think no matter where we were i think we w- i think we would be the same parents because okay. it's little it's little things like at two you know when my son was leading up to before he was two i'm like here's your food here's a spoon do the best you could do <laughs> let's get let's try to get the spoon you want a spoon <laughs> the spoon in your mouth so my sister-in-law was like well you're not going to feed him like he's still a baby i'm like no he he has to learn how to do this and amazingly, very early on, he was able to feed himself with a spoon because, and I don't know how, again, I don't know how much of that is location or where you're from or just who we are, but I'm big on, you set the bar and they, the, the uh, ch- children are so amazing and resilient and smart. They get it. They get it so much easier and better than adults than we get it. Man. So... <laughs> Kind of rounding out the the entire interview, um, the last few questions I have for you are first, 
What's next for you and your family? I know right now there are a lot of restrictions on things we can do, um, but what's next up in the parenthood phase right now? What's on your mind for, for, for their growth and their development? Well, um, I need, we need, I need them to be avid swimmers. So somewhere, uh, <laughs> I, we have to figure out funding for three children to go to swim school and swim classes. So, um, but other than that, I'm, I'm deciding if we are going to homeschool or send them to public school. Um, I've always kind of leaned towards homeschool just because of, you know, you're able to really instill, you know, eight hours, eight hours is is an extremely a long, a long time that you can really get into your kid what they, what you need them to learn as opposed to picking up things that, you know, not, not, won't necessarily benefit them. Um, so or having to, or having to unlearn things that you learned in school. Exactly. It's a lot of unlearning. I mean, a lot of unlearning, uh, a lot of unlearning once they're exposed to other, you know, other other people, other children. So we're still trying to weigh that out in our location. If we'll stay in New York, if we'll move, well, we, you know, there's a couple of things on the plate. But I will say, I um, I told uh, Anthony recently. I said, Yeah, I see another another kid in our life, and he said, Man, you better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but what I am, I think eventually I'm still weighing this out. It's just to be not, and then I had to explain to him, not necessarily another child in our house, but I'm interested in either just connecting with a child who has aged out of foster care. A lot of times these children age out and they do not have a family network. So they literally are out on the streets, just doing it on their own without anyone, meaning holidays you don't have anyone to sit down and have dinner with or you just need advice or you need you know some money to buy a new couch for your new place you know just in those things there's no family network so i am interested i think in becoming that for a child that has aged out of foster care so that that somewhere is going to be i think will be in our future wow so if anyone to, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, um, what's the best way for them? Because I imagine that we'll have a lot of listeners who hear the guest and they're like, man, I just have so many extra questions that I'd love to to ask them about. What's the best way that somebody could maybe reach out and and maybe ask you a question or two about how you did this or how's this working oh, for you? I would love to, if I can share or help or anything I could do, I, I definitely welcome it. I'm not on social media. Um, so you can just reach me by my email, which is kashaka25 at yahoo.com. That's K-A-S-H-A-K-A 25 at yahoo.com. And if they need to reach out to you, of course, you can, you know, forward my email is fine. But I definitely welcome yeah. any, any way I could, be, I could be of help to anyone. I'm, I'm here. So this is the final question that I wanted to ask you. Um, what what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start today? And so we ask all of our guests this question, but we empower all of our listeners to get started immediately with what they have. So with uh, someone who just heard this podcast and they said, you know what, I am going to get started today. I'm going to either apply for adoption or I'm going to go talk to my husband about having kids. Uh, what advice would you give them uh, as they as they try to figure that out? 
I, I, my, my first advice is to just kind of sit down. If you're with someone, sit down and just kind of talk about what it looks like and talk about things that may be a little uncomfortable, whether somebody's going to be home or someone has to start working finances, or do we have enough money? Think about the type of person you are financially. Do you like the best of the best or do you like, you know, you can settle a little bit. Think about, talk about all those things with your partner and how does, what does it look like including a child in, in your structure the way it is now? What will change? Um, secondly, as far as adoption, contact your local foster care agency. See what adoption and fostering looks like. And know the difference. Take the classes that uh, they offer classes. Uh, if you, if you, if you want to become a foster parent, like maybe you want to foster before you totally commit. Do some fostering. See, see, see what that what that feels like, um, and then also be clear in what you want. If you want to adopt, uh, fostering and adopting are two different things. You have to be very clear with who you speak to about what you want, and and then claim it. Then claim it. Claim it that you will have your your child or your children. Claim it and own it, and 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 God in the universe will deliver. Believe you have to have faith and you have to believe and be open to be open to it not looking or coming in the shape and form that you may think it should come in. And that's wow. it. Yes, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So, Auntie, we just want to give you a a a huge thank you for giving us your time oh, and Wari, for giving and before, the listeners. Before, you, before we go, Jawari, I just want to give you a huge shout out. I think what you are doing in this podcast is absolutely amazing. And it I think it's needed. And I think it will give a lot of people just a little eye opener to things that maybe they are are, are are feeling hesitant or challenged with. And I think this podcast is amazing. And there are several things that you're doing I, along with the podcast. I think you I think you uh, it's needed and is appreciated. So thank you. Oh. See, y'all are going to have me over here. <laughs> like you said, I'm about to go into the basement, start tearing up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not it's not these very big steps that everyone's looking for. It's these things. You add these things all together and imagine where we can go with things like this. Imagine just opening our brains up just a little bit, a little bit further than we were yesterday. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Love you, Auntie. Thank you so much for your time. And listeners, I hope that you were able to gain some nuggets from this. If you are thinking about parenthood, if you're having conversations about parenthood, or if you are already a parent, I really hope that um, you've gained some value from this episode. Please rewatch, uh, reach out to Auntie Kata whenever you need to get some of your questions or, or just have conversation. If you want to talk to somebody who's going through the same things as you, um, she, she's, she's there and she's so loving. I'm and so there. thank you again. Auntie. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Okay. Thank you.